Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Go ahead, Brother Jonathan, correct me. I said tuning in. Tuning in. Hey, I'm I'm getting emails that are saying that now, and I think they're doing it because they know I read the emails. They're like, I've been tuning in. Oh, wait. I know you like that. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for listening to another podcast, What Now? Conversations for Life. I'm your host, Jonathan Barker, along with Jonathan Bass. And then also today, and from here on out, Brother Jake Easter is joining us today, and we're excited about that. He's going to be talking to us here in just a minute and telling us a little bit about um, his life and his background and where he's pastoring and everything. And uh, we took a little break. We've been off of the podcast now for, what, two or three weeks, Brother Jonathan? Uh, Yeah, about three weeks. So mm-hmm. um, um, we appreciate everybody listening. The last two that we did um, was on music and was actually the best ones as far as people listening to it that we had so far. Oh, yeah. And um, we appreciate everybody tuning in to them or listening to them. <laughs> it's just a habit, man. Hey, I we're can't just help gonna, it. I'm going to secede. We just, we'll say tune in. It's all good. <laughs> um, for listening to them, and thank you for coming back um, to join us this new year. What'd you get for Christmas, Jonathan? A lump of coal and a sack of switches. What brother. was, if you could pick one favorite Christmas present, what was it? Mm, Chick-fil-A gift card. Wow. <laughs> what about you, brother Jake? I would probably say a Case X knife, John Deere. Uh, the, the handle on it, it's just amazing. Wow. I have to thank my brother-in-law for that and his family. Wow. They make some beautiful knives. Yeah. My recliner was good too. My family got me that. My yeah. wife and kids. <laughs> y'all want to know my favorite one? Go ahead. I mean, y'all didn't ask me or nothing. Hey, you'll be spiritual. My favorite <laughs> one was that I just got to spend time with my family. That's right. Well, you know, what I was going to say. Gifts are tangible, but my yeah. family, you know, just yep. that. You know, I'm glad that I'm the one that thinks about my family. Y'all are just thinking about recliners. Well, I just followed his you know, chicken. Let me let me let me clarify the reason I said Chick Fil A gift card. We didn't do a whole lot for Christmas this year. We ended up taking the family, and we went <clears throat> we went up to Pigeon Forge for a week, and so um, spent the week before Christmas up there um, checking out a bunch of awesome knives <laughs> to Smoky Mountain Knife Works, and you know. Um, just had a good time. So we didn't, you know, we spent a bunch of money up there. We didn't do a whole lot of gifting, but we had fun, though. Did you have a good Christmas Sunday in church? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was a, uh, had a great service. Had a great service. You know, the devil told me we wouldn't have nobody. Oh, yeah. You know I, I, mean? I got nobody. that one, too. We was packed <laughs> mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And yeah. we had probably 30 of our regular people that wasn't here, which everybody that was here was our regular people. We didn't have no visitors. Right. But if those that wasn't here, which we've said this for two months now, if everybody shows up on the same Sunday, we're in trouble. <laughs> You're in trouble, yep. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, you want them to, but yeah. I don't know where we're going to put them. Yeah. Um, but help is on the way. That's um, right. Matter of fact, as we're doing this podcast, they're starting to put up sheetrock in our new building. So there you go. It's coming along. Well, it's good to have Brother Jake Easter. He has just taken the Sweet Home Baptist Church in Union Grove. Isn't that right? Union Grove. And, um, um, man, we are so excited to have him joining us. And Brother Jonathan and I has had a time or two where we was trying to work out a schedule, and one was sick or the other was sick, and we was trying 
to make everything happen. So we've been praying about a third person coming in with us. Mm-hmm. That way, if one of us can't be here, we can still carry on the conversational style of the podcast that we've been doing. And um, Brother Jake just has moved back. Um, he's originally from this area, but he just has moved back. And I'm excited to have him on. Brother Jake, why don't you take just a few minutes and tell us a little bit about your testimony. That's one thing we done in the very beginning. Um, so tell us about when you got saved, how you grew up, um, right. a little bit about your ministry, All and right. we'll go from there. Well, I was, of course, born and raised in Surrey County, North Carolina, which y'all are familiar with, and uh, those uh, sitting here with me today. But um, uh, then I got saved, of course, uh, grandfather. He started the church here at Amazing Grace, and I was raised in church from the time I was born up up through. I've been in church all my life, and um, the Lord convicted my heart, showed me that I was a sinner and uh, needed to be saved when I was around five years of age. And uh, in December 1997, uh, on a Sunday morning, I don't remember what Grandpa preached that Sunday, but I remember God speaking to my heart. And uh, the left-hand side of the altar here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church, uh, I got saved. And um, for a little while after that, as I began to get older, um, I would let it bother me when people would testify how God had saved them from a drunkard's life or just just an immoral, impure life. Um, And I would wonder sometimes, well, what was the change God made in my life? And um, there was some periods there in my life that um, doubt was was an issue. And um, I just, one day, I heard a preacher make a statement. He said, if you'll read the book of 1 John, God will either show you you're lost or he'll give you full assurance of your salvation. And I remember doing that, and I remember getting through the book of 1 John, and God did. God gave me the assurance of my salvation. And I realized the difference he had made in my life was he had put the Holy Spirit within me. And uh, as a six-year-old boy, uh, I didn't know all the doctrine of the Holy Spirit and and what all that consisted of, but I knew knew something within me was different. It was more than a conscience. And as I got through middle school and even into high school, there was a lot of things that were offered to me, and it was more than conscience saying, don't do this, this is wrong. It was God within me uh, showing me that where that was going to lead me and where it was going to take me. And so... um, you know, I, I I believe with all of my heart, looking back on it, that God saved me December 1997. And um, I'm thankful now, uh, knowing looking back on my life, that I can say that he did for me just as much as he did for any sinner. Sure. And he saved me from a life of immorality. And I was a sinner in need of a Savior, uh, but he saved me from a lot of heartache and a lot of pain. And um, after I was saved, uh, I had a lot of people uh, share with me because my grandfather was a pastor and a preacher that one day God would call me. Uh, Well, in 2008, of course, you took the church in 2006, and uh, Grandpa Grandpa went home to be with the Lord and the church voted you in as pastor. It was just exciting. And uh, I remember those early days, Brother Bass, that uh, Brother Barker would take. And uh, he was very, uh, very early on. It was about the youth. You know, we wanted to see the church grow. And, uh, of course, God did that through prayer. I remember, actually, the room we're recording in here used to be the teenage Sunday school class. And there was three of us, and two of us was related, uh, first cousins. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember some all-night prayer meetings where we would just get in here and pray. And I remember coming in here under these chairs chairs and praying. And that's where God called me to preach. I was 13. And uh, I, I determined in my heart then, I'd already been saved, knew God was living with him in the person of the Holy Spirit and all the things he is doing for me. And um, But I, I decided then, there was a service uh, back in July, 
when I was 13, and I said, I'm going to surrender it all. I'm just going to give it all to the Lord. And we began to go to youth meetings. Our youth group would, even though we were small, we still went. And there was a youth conference in Graham County, North Carolina, at Grace Tabernacle Baptist Church, where Brother Jimmy uh, still currently serves as pastor, Brother Jimmy Millsaps. And uh, it was held in June of 2008. Well, there was people saved. I'm sure you remember oh, that. Yeah. And uh, there was some uh, young boys that surrendered to preach. God was just moving in that meeting. Well, it went so good uh, that everybody got together, and we did it again in July. Well, God dealt with me in June about preaching. But all those years that I'd had people instill in me, well, you're going to be a preacher and I said, well, Lord, I can't surrender. People's going to think that I'm doing it because Grandpa is a preacher. And uh, so I, I went there. I didn't run, but I wanted to make sure it was God calling me and not the influence of people just telling me that I should be a preacher. And because uh, I had taught Sunday school, Brother Barker had allowed me opportunities to teach in the adult class. And, and I enjoyed that. I really did. And I didn't want it to be something I was doing from the influence of people. So ended up, uh, make a long story short, went back in July of 2008, and July the 27th, went all week, and uh, God was dealing with my heart, and uh, I went all week, actually got out of the service that Friday night, and we were staying in a home off of Tallulah Road. Now, if any Graham County listeners are tuning in, you know where Tallulah Road is. That's where we actually lived for about eight years or six years, And um, but uh, uh, God dealt with my heart, and, and I didn't want to make that van trip home without doing what he wanted me to do. So that Friday night in the living room of that home off Tallulah Road, we got down and prayed, and I surrendered. That was July the 27th of 2008. So it's hard to believe it's been yeah. 14, 15 years <laughs> now and uh, this year. And so then uh, God's given me a lot of opportunities since I surrendered to preach. Of course, we served as assistant pastor here for a couple years in Amazing Grace, and then he allowed me to pastor a couple churches in the western uh, part of North Carolina. And then God's opened the door for full-time ministry at Sweet Home, and we're excited about that and uh, really looking forward to that. Of course, uh, the big part of my life, I better not leave out, she may listen, is yeah. my wife. And uh, <laughs> go back to Grace Tabernacle and the youth meeting. There was a young lady that got up, dark-haired lady got up, and a uh, girl really at that time, I think she was 14, and uh, she got up to sing, and I, I looked over at Zeb Potts. And of course, Brother Robert Potts is a deacon here yeah. at Amazing Grace. I looked over at Zeb, and I said, I'm going to marry her someday. And he just <laughs> laughed at me. He said, there's no way. Uh, there's no way. She won't even talk to you. And um, I called him October the 15th of 2011. I called him. I said, I just proposed to her. And uh, we were at the Fontana Dam up in Graham County. And I proposed to her, but uh, we got married May 12th, 2012, and 11 years this year. So, uh, and it's been a blessing. She's been a big help to me and always stood with me in the ministry. And uh, God's given me a wonderful wife. She loves the Lord. And, uh, and oftentimes I'll find her, I'll, I'll uh, be studying myself and I'll go into the kitchen. She'll already be up uh, before I am sometimes and uh, reading and praying. And I thank God for that. And I had a preacher tell me one time, he said, your wife will either make your ministry or break your ministry. Boy, how true, and, right. um, and she certainly has helped me in, in mm -hmm. many, many ways. And, and, and whatever I feel like God has 
called us to do as a family. She's been there to support me in that. But we're excited about Sweet Home, Sweet Home Baptist Church located in Union Grove. And uh, it's interesting, and I'm still learning part of that area. So if anybody's listening from the church and I get something wrong, I apologize. But when our church uh, is actually in Wilkes County, and when you pull out of the church and, and you turn left on Summers Road, it turns into Warren Bridge Road, which uh, right uh, as you turn out of the church just not even a quarter of a mile, maybe half a mile, you're in Iredale County, uh, which is, of course, our, our address is Union Grove. And then if you turn right and go just a, a little ways, you turn on Shiloh Church Road and you're in Yakima yeah, County. So I told, them, I told them the other day, I think it was Brother Bill Brown, I told I said, we're going to have a new slogan for the church. We're going to reach the tri-counties for Jesus. Yeah, tri-counties, that's right. You have Iredale and, and Yakin and, uh, of, course, uh, of course, Wilkes County that we're in. So we're excited about that and a good core group there at the church and just a wonderful history. I, I got in my study the other day on Monday and was setting up my books and getting my office set up at the church. And I opened the drawer, and uh, in 1987, they were celebrating the 100th anniversary of the church. Wow, wow. And, uh, 87. In 87. So, That's amazing. Um, it, it was. And uh, I think in 97, there was a newspaper clipping that they were the church of the month. And just all the history going yeah. all the way back, it was it was originally uh, started uh, from what the paper said, 80, 83, 82, 83, uh, with 13 members, but it was organized and constituted. In, in 1886. Wow. And, uh, I didn't realize and it was that old. The amazing thing about it, uh, from, from what I read in that paper and what others have told me through the history of the church, that it's been a strong, uh, soul-winning, King James uh, Version, preaching, teaching the Word of God uh, ever since it was started. That's so awesome. We're excited to be a part, excited, nervous, but excited yeah. about what God's going to do in, in the it's days gonna ahead. It's going to be great. So, it's going to sure be great. I remember when um, Jake... Um, started liking Shelby up there in Robbinsville. We would get in the church van, and uh, we had an old white church van, old church van. It had a sliding door on the side Still of it. Still had vinyl seats. Then. Yeah, it had vinyl yeah. seats in it. Yeah, and um, when we would get in the van, we would start singing, Shelby coming around the corner when she comes. All the time. Shelby coming around the corner when she comes. <laughs> Oh, that's we funny. picked on them about Shelby, and now yeah. they're married and got two beautiful kids. Two little kids. Boy and little Ad- Atticus is three. He'll be four in June. And, and uh, Arabella, we call her, nobody's going to know her real name, but her real name's Arabella, and uh, her middle name's Rose. We call her Rosie. So uh, she's <laughs> she's two as of the 12th of this month. Yeah. So Both of them wide open. Wide open, yes. <laughs> we was talking just a second ago. <laughs> And then we'll talk. We'll talk about the prodigal son, but we'll talk about the prodigal son while we're talking about the prodigal son. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Jake said last night when we're now that we're recording, he said Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Uh, I asked him; it was his first night as the official pastor, and I said, um, "How did it go?" And he said, "Good. Everything but my son running <laughs> underneath the pew screaming." <laughs> But that's just part of the challenge. And, you know, we've had a few moms that has talked to me um, about, uh, you know, how to handle that. And, you know what, it may be um, we might bring Miss Leslie, Miss Nicole, and Miss Shelby in one day and just introduce them and let them do a podcast on 
different things that they're doing. I know, especially Leslie, now yeah. that our kids are, you know, older, yeah. um, different things that she done. So, Well, going into the church as a pastor, you know, before I had kids, I didn't understand the importance of a nursery. And you have people that differ on that. I know the podcast is not about that today, but um, that's one of the first things I told my wife. I said, having sat with her, uh, waiting to preach, and just the attention that those children require, I, I think it's it's a needed area. I do know, too. And, Absolutely. And I told our men uh, Wednesday our night. <clears throat> we um, I was talking to our men, which is the first Wednesday night of the month. We do breakout sessions, and uh, Leslie teaches the women, and I teach the men, and then of course we have our Awana program. But I told our men. Um, I was teaching on the girl of truth and I told her, man, I said, I can preach above a kid. Mm-hmm. I can, I've got a strong enough voice. That's right. Yeah. I yeah. can preach above a kid, but that lost man sitting there on the road to hell yeah. will be distracted by that kid. Yeah. Has nothing to do with being able to preach above it. It has to right. do with quenching the Holy spirit. And yeah. we all know the adversary. Yeah. He's going to use anything Absolutely. he can to, to distract. Well, one of our writers wrote in, Brother Jonathan, isn't this correct, and was talking about how to reach a prodigal um, son or a prodigal daughter in general. And um, we're going to take maybe the last um, 13, 14 minutes today and just talk a little bit about that and um, um, something that definitely is in the Bible when we think about the prodigal son. And, um, of course, even some Old Testament typology, we can see it in that. And um, I, I, I'm going to, I'll say this, and then I'm going to let y'all two um, just kind of like take over and, and discuss it. But um, I'll say this. Um, I'll never forget, you were talking about Brother Jimmy, uh, Brother Jimmy Millsap, pastor of Grace Tabernacle, just a great man of God. We was talking one time about a prodigal here um, in the early years of me uh, preaching here at the church, pastoring here, and I called Brother Jimmy and, and was talking to him, and I said, hey, how do I do this, you know, I've knocked on their door. I've begged them to come back to church. And here's what Brother Jimmy said. I'll never forget this. He looked, or he, he didn't look at me. He was on the phone. And he said, Brother Jonathan, he said, take your Bible and show me anywhere where the prodigal's father left his house and went looking for him. Yeah. Mm. Yep. He said, you're not going to find it. He said, the prodigal's father stayed home with open arms ready to welcome him home. He said, but that prodigal's never coming back home until they come to themselves. That's right. Yeah. And he said when he came to himself, he came home, the prodigal's father was standing there waiting on him. Boy, I'll never forget that. I'll yeah. never forget that. Um, and and I say when when you have that prodigal in your church or even as a parent listening, we got to love them. You know, we continue to love them. And we're here for them when they come home. Right. Um, you know, you can you can beat somebody over the head, but until they come to themselves, that's right. They're not coming back home. Yeah. So, what say us, y'all? Yeah, I I agree with that, and that's something that a lot of people do they do not practice because as humans, we are not good at patience, uh, and and that is I am. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, we're not patient people, and we don't like to wait on things. Uh, we want, you know, when we when we have that situation, that's the downside. You know, being impatient will move us to do exactly what you just said. Yeah. We'll push, we'll yeah. prime, we'll we'll try to force that. And and honestly, what you're doing when you do that. 
is just push the person even further away. And, and uh, sad to say, I've learned this the hard way. And, and, you know, our family, me and my wife, and we have learned this the hard way. And even after learning that, it's still hard. Well, I think it's you our know. nature, especially as fathers. I'll say, I'll say the dads most of the time, especially if we're talking about a, a parent-child relationship, it's our nature as a father. We're Mr. Fix-It. We want to fix right. everything. Yes, so we want to get in there just as soon as we can to try to fix what we know to be wrong. And then on the, yeah. on the mother's side, um, God's blessed me with a wonderful mother. You have the, you have the, and of course my wife being the mother of our children, you, you see the, the nurturing side of things, you know, the love that they have for their children. And, um, you know, you never stop loving your children. Um, one of the things when we were talking about this being a potential podcast that I thought about, and we can talk about this, of course, Luke 15, you have the prodigal son, uh, but God kept bringing me back to an Old Testament passage uh, in the book of Hosea. And um, there was a book, Brother Clarence Sexton, and, and it's still available, um, that he wrote on the book of Hosea. And one of the things in, in studying that book that, uh, that God brought to my attention, I think is very important, um, is that when Hosea, you know, God instructed him to marry Gomer. And, of course, the illustration there, without getting uh, taking a lot of time to get into it, of course, was for Israel. They had backslidden, and mm-hmm. um, she would become proved to be adulterous. But in that, in chapter 2, there's three therefores. And uh, God talks about how, and, of course, it's the relationship between Hosea and Gomer, but it's actually a picture of Israel and how God was going to bring Israel back to himself. And there's three therefores that are in chapter 2. And uh, he says, therefore, will I hedge her about? Um, and, uh, and, and I believe that talks about God's way of, of, of chastisement, of bringing a person back to, um, to realize how good he has been to them. Hosea provided for her the whole time that she was oh, away, yeah. just as God, um, you know, he could easily, when we walk away from him, he could, he could take our life. Right. And there are yeah. some people that I believe have went to a premature grave <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, because, they, because they refused to uh, respond to the chastening hand of God. But he continues on to make a long story short. Um, he continues on. He said, therefore, will I hedge her about? And he said, therefore, will I allure her? Um, and the third, therefore, is the one I wanted to bring up today. He said, therefore, um, he said, I will lead her to the Valley of Acre, uh, that it that will be a door of hope. And that thought, when we was talking about a, talking about a prodigal, um, no one wants to see their child go through a hardship, nor do we want to see as a pastor any of our people that leave the church go through a hardship. But in that chapter, in chapter 2 of Hosea, he said that the Valley of Acre is a door of hope. And, um, you know, going back to that Mr. Fix-It, when, mm-hmm. when, when somebody that we've seen walk away, um, especially a child, uh, our first instinct is to guard them from anything happening. But, but it seems like in Hosea 2 that God's way of chastisement can be the Valley of Acre, which is the Valley of Trouble, tied yeah. back to Joshua right. chapter 7. That's yeah. where Achan and his family, uh, basically Achan uh, led to the defeat of Israel there at Jericho. And as a result of that, um, in, in Joshua chapter 7, uh, you know, that's where that, that name comes from, that Valley of Trouble. And uh, so that was just a thought I had on that, that sometimes... First and foremost, we just got to commit them to the Lord. That's right. And, and prayer, yeah, as right. it's already been said earlier, um, you know, you can't pressure them into anything. And, and the father didn't leave the house. He stayed there and he made the preparations for the return. And I think part of the pre- preparation we have to do on our side of things is, is pray. Uh, That's and right. And ask the Lord. You oh, know, yeah. you, 
only the Lord knows what is going to cause them to return. Yeah. And if it is the valley of trouble, uh, he said that's a door of hope. And where there's life, there's hope. So that's just some of the thoughts I have. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah. That's good right he there. Said, he yeah. said that a, a uh, in, 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 I think it's in Hosea, in reference to that, he talked about how that a living dog is better than a dead lion. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was to offer you and say, okay, we're talking about power, would you rather have a lion or a dog? Well, mm-hmm. every one of us would choose a lion over a dog if oh, we yeah. were looking for strength and power. But if I said, well, I've got a living dog and a dead lion, which one are you going to choose? You're going to choose the living dog. Absolutely. And uh, he said, where there's, you know, where there's life, there's hope. Man, that's and, good. Uh, just committing that individual to the Lord. Um, he's the one that made us. And right. he's the one that, uh, if that person's saved, has saved them. And um, as much as we think of our children, you know, there may be a parent listening today, and I don't mean y'all, y'all help me out if I, you know, uh, I, I'm just giving you what God yeah, gave me in regards to this. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you think of the love that you have for that child, it being your biological son or daughter. Okay, if that child is saved, or we're talking as a pastor concerning a church member, if that individual say, think about the love that God the Father has towards that child. Sure. He, he loved us to begin with, or he yeah. never saved us. And, yep. um, and so he loves them. He has their best interest at mind. So I think the hardest thing to do, though, sometimes is to completely let go of that individual. But mm-hmm. I believe that's where God does his greatest work is when we commit them to, to him and, and depend upon him to get them to that place. The prodigal right. had to come to the place where he come to himself and then he was able to return. But I would encourage somebody to, to, to Hosea, that, that just have stood out to me. Yeah, it's awesome. Ways. Good stuff. I think, um, I think about what you were saying about, and it goes back to having patience and mm-hmm. allowing God to work. Absolutely. We, I know I am, and, and I know all pastors are probably guilty of this and, and most Christians, um, I try too much sometimes to do the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and and we got to take a step back and right. allow the Holy Spirit to do, to the, do work. the work. And and so many times it, when you were talking about that, you have to let them go. Yeah. That's exactly what you don't want to do. But yeah. at the same time, that's the best thing in certain situations. Hmm. And then the Holy Spirit can go to work, and and God can go to work there and turn that situation into right. a miracle or something good. Uh, I couldn't help but think um, uh, Vance Havner mm-hmm. was, um, he, um, he said one time, of course, he was, he was talking about, uh, he was against uh, the social gospel. At, and, and I'm not getting into all of that, but he was, he was preaching against social gospel. And uh, he said, um, I'll never forget this, um, and it is a fine line, but he he said if the prodigal existed in our day, and they do, when they left home, we'd give them a room, we'd give them a meal, we'd give them anything that they wanted, and there'd be no way they'd ever go back home. That's right. And, uh, I mean, you can just, you can or, or hear him saying that, but he's got a point, though, in one sense. I mean, if that... If that prodigal son in the Bible had never got out and saw, uh, you know, uh, went into that valley, so to speak, and 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 where God was was working with him, and and pretty much just, you know, I've often prayed for certain people that God would take them to the end of their rope, so that they 
they would not have anything. Yeah. They they would not be able I to look toward God anywhere. Make them miserable. Make them miserable. That's exactly right. And and you know if um, you know I, if you some, in some cases if you don't let them go, they they're never going to get to that That's point. That's right. And, and and as far as letting somebody go, you know, in terms of what we're talking about is just turning them over to the Lord completely. That's right. That's right. But there's yeah. still a place. I think it's important to make the point. There's still a place for speaking the truth in love. Sure. Yes. I think it was Warren Wearsby that made the statement that love without truth is hypocrisy. Uh, right. But truth without love is uh, is uh, brutality. Mm-hmm. And so maintaining that balance of while we've commended them to the Lord as God gives opportunity to, to be sure that we're speaking into their life truth. Because, you know, a lot of people, when they've walked away from the Lord, the last person they want to see is the preacher. Because right. they feel That's like right. they feel like yeah. he's going to, his intentions is, is well, he's going to try his best to say something today to get me back into church or get me back closer to the Lord. And I think it's important that we uh, have the, have the uh, demeanor, and, of course, that comes with, with being filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, but that we're still speaking into their life as we have opportunity, mm-hmm. uh, as we've commended them to the Lord. You gotta have, you've got to have discernment um, about and, what to say and when to say, how to say it. And without a close walk with God, you're not going to have that discernment. That's right. And, and you know, open rebuke is better than secret, secret love. love. That's right. And I think we, you know, we tell them what's truth, mm-hmm. but we love them at the same time. Absolutely. And um, yep. um, I, I do think, and some people disagree with me, I think there's a, a fine line there of pushing too hard. Yeah. Yes. Um, because you push them away. Right. And and I have seen that, you know, there's people that used to come here to church and they're completely out of church today. Yeah. And I can either, you know, it frustrates me in the flesh. Well, it flirt, 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 flirt. <laughs> I'm having a stroke, man. It frustrates, frustrates, frustrates. <laughs> it frustrates me yeah. that they're not in church. In yeah. the flesh, but in the spirit too, because you know it does bother me in the spirit that they're not yeah. in church. Oh yeah, but I can do one of two things: I can be a snob to them, yeah. or I can love them. That's I can right. hug her neck and say, "Hey, I love you." And and you know, I'll still say, you know, if something comes to my mind right now, and I'll still say, "Hey, you know where you need to be." Yeah. That's right. And you know, yeah. sometimes just your presence, just them seeing you. That's you don't it. have to say nothing else. That's true. But I think there's a fine line there. We do love them. Mm-hmm. We do tell them the truth. But I think every time we see them, we're not just jumping down their throat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, right. Yeah. People will never care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. And I think there has to be that balance of love and rebuke. Yeah. Um, and just being a friend. You know, I've learned that just being a friend, you know, when things go bad, you still reach out to them, you know, even though they don't come to church, you still reach out to them. Yeah. Hey, I'm here for you. And, and, you know, I'll say this in closing, it don't matter what my kid ever does. They're still my kid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know what? I'm not going to have nothing to do with my kid because they're living this lifestyle. If they turn from a lifestyle that is scriptural, they're not going to live in my home. That's right. But yes, sir. I'm still going to love them. Right. That's right, brother. And my home's still going to be open if they um, um, repent, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and turn from that lifestyle, my home will still be open to them. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And um, I think sometimes as um, fundamental, independent, judgmental, Baptist. Yeah, yeah. Well, bless God, they ain't coming in my. If they'll repent from it, if Madeline goes a different direction today, you know, she's almost twenty years old and in nursing school. I'm still gonna love her. I'm yeah. still gonna That's be right. there for her. Yeah. And and people can say what they want to say. They can judge me. You know, I'm to a point anymore. I don't care. Right. Oh yeah. If she's hungry, I'm gonna put food on her table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If yeah. she's cold, I'm gonna put heat in her home. Yeah. Because it's my child. Yeah. You know, God never quit loving us. Right. He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me right. all the days of my life. That's, That's right. right. If yeah. it wasn't God that gave me my breath to breathe and sustained me before I was saved, I'd have never had the opportunity That's exactly to be saved. Right. That's, That's right. That's exactly sure. right. Sure. Mercy and truth. Yeah. Yep. That's and right. Is what is what we need. We need love. We need truth. We need a, we need that balance. Yep. You're not going to get it unless you're walking with God. That's right. And um, And absolutely, it's tough. I ain't going to yep. lie. It's a tough situation it for is. everybody. But going back to what you just said, I've seen churches, um, I've seen churches, you know, out people. Um, Absolutely. At, at, at a time in their life. Yes, what, what the person did was wrong. Yes, what the person did was sin. Yes, what the person did, they should have known better. But this is a point in time when they need, they need, the, they church. need the church. They need the truth. Yeah. They need the love. And if all they get is truth, like you just said, it, 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 it yeah, yep. it's going to be bad. He's given unto us so. the ministry of reconciliation. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. right. A lot, a lot of people's right. forgot that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we could conclude it this way. The best thing to do is turn them completely wholeheartedly over to God. That's yeah. it, yeah. And then love them. Absolutely. Hey, Spurgeon, when Spurgeon that said, um, prayer moves the hand that moves the world. That's right. Um, prayer is a, is a greatly... Um, one of my, um, I can't think of the word right now, but um, we don't use it. That's right. We don't use it enough, and we don't believe near enough in the power of it. And uh, you can do no more than um, you can do no more for that person than pray for them. Yeah. I mean, you're That's doing, right. I mean, just a world of good if you just hand them over That's to right. the Lord. That's right. And so, yeah. well. Thank you for listening today, and uh, we appreciate it, and I hope you've enjoyed it. Man, I've enjoyed it, and hey, you don't want to miss next week. We have a special guest coming in the studio with us by the name of Mr. Jocelyn Danley, not Danley, Daniel Delaney. Delaney. Jocelyn Delaney. I don't know where Danley came from. Jocelyn <laughs> Delaney. You left a and, you uh, left a letter out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's a, a sophomore in college, and she's going to be a Christian psychiatrist, a Christian counselor. And we are going to dive into the subject of depression and anxiety next week. And I know it's going to be great. So you make sure that you listen next week. Good to have Brother Jake with us, and he'll continue to be with us. And uh, it's no longer the double J's, it's the triple J. Triple J. The triple J show. Know how hard it was to find another J. That's right. (laughs) Just as long as I don't have to change it to Jonathan. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for listening today to What Now? Conversations for Life.